Next, Ukraine's President Zelensky has flown to Washington, where he'll try to persuade political leaders to revive the latest military and financial aid package, which has become deadlocked in Congress. Republicans in the U.S. Senate want more spending on America's own border security before they approve the $61 billion deal, which would also provide assistance to Israel and humanitarian aid to Gaza. Well, the U.S. has been Ukraine's biggest supporter since the Russian invasion, but the current help is set to expire at the end of the year. BBC's North America correspondent Shingai Nyoka is in Washington. Hi, Shingai. So talk us through what is the status of the deal and the package at the moment? Well, President Zelensky, as you said, is here to try to make the case to move that needle on that stalled package. There was a vote that was held in Senate last week and that failed. It was almost a test. And it's the same issues that have been put forward uh, in the last couple of weeks that the Republicans are essentially saying that they will not pass an aid package to Ukraine unless they get their own concessions on national border security issues. It's a reflection of how the Republican Party has shifted over the last couple of years uh, since that war in Ukraine began. We remember the standing ovation that President Zelensky received when he made his first visit here and made those impassioned pleas to, pleas to both uh, the House of Representatives as well as to Senate. But this is not just a political problem. There's also the public sentiment that has also shifted in relation to the U.S.'s support uh, for this particular deal. And so he's hoping that this face-to-face -face meetings that he will have with the senators on Wednesday, as well as a one-on-one -on -one meeting with the House Republican, uh, the House of Speaker, Mike Johnson, who's a Republican and who has been very opposed uh, to this deal. He's hoping that that will have some kind of an impact. Okay, Shingai, thank you very much. We're going to write up to date with what's happening there in Washington, D.C. We're going to look at now, I suppose, the potential impact either way of this on Ukraine. We can speak to Hannah Shales, the editor-in-chief at Ukraine Analytica, an English language academic and analytic journal. Thank you very much for coming on the programme. Thank so, you for the invitation. Shall we, shall we take a kind of best case and worst case scenario then? Say this package doesn't get through um, and the budget and that commitment of spending effectively kind of runs out at the end of the year, then kind of tapers off. What would the potential impact of that be? There are several reasons and several aspects that can uh, be considered. First of all, don't forget that we have the land lease uh, agreement with the United States. So there are mechanisms how to deliver the military support. The difference is that uh, usually we are getting it without necessity to pay for this. And with the land lease means that it is just a, like a renting or we'll need to pay in there uh, for this. But still there are mechanisms for this. Plus there are certain additional amounts that the U.S. can use, as for example, they recently used for Israel to deliver some of the ammunition. But if you uh, understand the situation on the ground, and I just this morning talked with the uh, Ukrainian military, they said, like, we can keep the line, we can continue with the current situation, but we need the weapons, we need the ammunition, because Russians improved within the last six months, not only with the defense line, but also in terms of use of drones, for example, or they became more organized 
So it is becoming more and more difficult to fight them. And the only thing that is really helping us, it is the different type of the military preparation of the Ukrainian armed forces, thanks to our partners that are training Ukrainian forces, the morale of the Ukrainian armed forces and weapons that we receive from partners. I see. So so the Ukrainian edge is from things like the, the training and the types of weapons. But earlier you said actually what they what they need is those basics just like ammunition as well. Is that right? Yes, exactly. And it's not only just ammunition. You both need ammunition because we uh, Russians are in the superiority. Uh, sanctions didn't stop Russia from producing additional ammunition as far as we see, mm. but also the better quality of the ammunition because what Russia is producing is mostly the Soviet-developed or the 1990s developed missiles. We need the more uh, technological, more precise ammunition, more long-range ammunition that will okay. allow us to target their soft files. And can you say something as simple as this, that if the money and the financial and military aid from the U.S. stops the end of this year and tapers in, into next year downwards, would that be, you could draw a direct line and say that would mean Russia would gain the ascendancy, Ukraine would lose some of its front lines that it's so far secured? Uh I hope no, because we definitely see the increase of the support from the European countries, including the United Kingdom. Right. And we see that our European allies are ready to support, so it will help to survive. But that will make the situation much more difficult. And that will definitely send the sign to the Russian Federation that they can win and then they can uh, continue with their assertive operations not only in Ukraine. And that will also be a signal to China uh, in case of Taiwan, because they are looking how stable is the U.S. support and how domestic affairs can intervene with the support during the war. Okay, we wait to see uh, Zelensky's uh, visit and the fruits of it. Uh, We will wait and see. Hannah Schles, thank you very much for coming on the programme. Thank you. Now around the world and across the UK, this is BBC News.